0: For Mesilla Valley News and Let's Talk Las Cruces, I'm Ernesto Garcia. Our segment is brought to you by our friends over at American Document Services. And our content will begin in just a few seconds your content is about to begin and is brought to you by american document services located at 300a north 17th street in las cruces new mexico online at adslcnm.com when storage boxes pile up and file folders overflow your business needs professional records management and at american document services in las cruces we scan we store and we shred Veteran-owned and locally operated, American Document Services works to protect your business with a safe, secure facility and nationally accredited staff. As boxes pile up and folders overflow, remember, at American Document Services, we scan, we store, and we shred. Find us online or call 647-0060. That's 647-0060. Thank you very much for tuning in. And, of course, you can download this podcast from our Messiah Valley News website. And for the first time, we're actually doing an audio podcast, not a Zoom although I, I will figure out next time to get more time to put a zoom and set the cameras up in here for you but it is great to finally see him in person i've done i don't know 10 12 interviews with the lieutenant governor through zoom through the COVID 19 pandemic but it's great to see you lieutenant governor howie morales in joining us here how you doing sir i'm doing well it's
1: so good to see you in person thank you for all the coverage that you were able to bring many of the questions that you brought from your listening audience during the pandemic and it's so good to be in studio. We have good lighting, uh, good a lot of information to discuss. So well, again, thank you.
0: Well, let's get right to it. You're in Las Cruces uh, this uh, Thursday, July 15th for a very important reason. You just had a very important meeting with the New Mexico Department of Transportation. And for those of us that are in Las Cruces, anytime we go out of town or go from between, anywhere between Silver, Deming and Lordsburg area, anywhere in Hidalgo, Luna Grant County, we all know the very importance of Interstate 10. Unfortunately, around the beginning of the year, there was a tragic event that happened there and you're looking to do something to honor one of our fallen officers.
1: Yeah, that's correct, Ernesto. Um, The COVID pandemic has impacted us all in one way or another. Uh, One of those huge impacts that we felt in the state was when we had a fallen officer, state policeman, Darian Jarrett, who was killed. Uh, The pursuit even extended here to the Las Cruces Dona county area, and so it left a huge impact. Today, I testified in front of the Department of Transportation Commission um, in uh, in support of a resolution that was brought forward naming a part of that interstate uh, in honor of Darien Jarrett. And so that was what we did this this morning. Um, Good discussion and it was nice to have the family
0: there in person too. So did the family get a chance to speak and put their uh, uh, thoughts in as well about having this part of the highway named?
1: Yeah, so I, I did speak on behalf of the family, uh, knowing the family well, being there the day that he was killed, I, I spent time with them. Um, I did speak on behalf of the family and shared their sentiments and to make sure that they knew, um,
0: that the state knew, how grateful that they were that this was being considered. All right, so let's talk about the area that it's gonna be dedicated from. This is the 18.3 mile portion of the interstate between milepost 84 and milepost 103. This is mostly in Luna County. Um, that would be a, a, a part, I'm going to say, what, can you kind of give me a direction for those of us that drive on Interstate 10 where exactly that would be around?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So where the tragedy took place, there's actually a memorial there that's been set up with the flag, with flowers. That was before Aquila Flats, am yeah, I that's correct? Yeah, right before Aquila Flats. So that's the location that, that it's going to be in the vicinity area of that. Um, Darian Bean from Lorgeburg, uh, they're serving in the Deming area. Um, obviously, that is close to home, so the family was grateful, but it's gonna be right before uh, you enter on the west side of Achilles Flats.
0: What do you think, uh, so this is the part of the resolution that's going through, it's obviously gonna take some more discussion. Was there any discussion about extending it all the way to Las Cruces, where the incident finally came to an end? and where our hero tragic officers as well were able to stop that and happen. Do you think you can also make, look at look at resolutions expanding into Las Cruces as well through this?
1: So today, this has been in discussion for a few months now, and the Department mm-hmm. of Transportation uh, with our district engineer, Trent Doolittle, um, have worked on finding the location for that. Um, it was actually voted upon today, so it was approved and oh, okay. it's, it's official. So this is a location that will be the the corridor uh, between uh, mile marker 84 and mile post 103. Um, even though that it did extend out to Jonah County where the ultimate pursuit had ended,
0: um, the place of death for Darren Jarrett was where the corridor is going to be set. You've driven, I don't know how many times across the state, but you see that all the time. What got you passionate to want to make this happen?
1: A few things is that one, is it impacted me personally as I knew the family, New uh, knew Darian as a, as a student there at Lourdesburg High School, but also recognizing the importance of paying tribute to all of our service men and women, um, all of our employees who have worked so hard and done so much through, for us, not just during the pandemic, but throughout, including our men and women who are in uniform. And we wanna make sure that they know that the sacrifices, the struggles, and the risks that they take on our behalf every day uh, is never gonna be forgotten. And today was significant because we wanted to make sure that a person like Darian Jarrett, who died in line of duty, um, is going to always be remembered. And again, signaling to other law enforcement, to other um, uh, people who put their lives at risk every day, that we also support them and have their back.
0: And I know you are very much supportive of the Men in Blue, and we'll talk more about that in a little bit here. But I wanted to also point out, just so people understand, the Department of Transportation is responsible for maintaining the interstate, even though it's a federal highway. And most of the people know it as the Pearl Harbor Memorial Highway, if you drive it from one coast of the nation to the other part, uh, from Florida all the way to California. But this has also been done in other areas, so it can be done through our department, and they can put road signs, anything such as that as well? Yeah, that's correct. And so just as a matter of fact, today it was
1: uh – Uh, a heavy hearted but a beautiful moment to be there with the family to take a picture with the actual sign that'll be on the corridor Um, there's going to be a date that hasn't been announced yet when that's going to be done public um, and have an actual ceremony to
0: commemorate the Darren Jarriott corridor all right well I hope a chance that you let us know when that happens and we'll be out there to cover it and such we're speaking with lieutenant governor hi Morales so let's talk about I know we've I could say we talked about COVID so much, but obviously, Dr. Scrace is still keeping a close eye on things. So as the Delta variant, where even though even though we're at 70 percent and people feel things are open, there's still a need to make sure people are vaccinated and to try to get more people to do so. What is the state looking to do to do that next to the lotteries and everything else that we've seen coming out?
1: Yeah, I I think that it's important that we acknowledge all the input and all the um, involvement that people across the state of New Mexico have given. Um, we all, it took every single one of us to get beyond COVID to where we're at today. So I want to thank you Mexicans for all that they've done, all the sacrifices that were made and making sure that we're, we're continuing to make these improvements. We're not out of this yet. And it is still a pandemic that we don't know exactly every detail of it. But what we do know is those who are vaccinated um, are able to stay out of hospitals, are able to stay alive. And it's so important that we have more people vaccinated because the more people that are vaccinated,
0: the safer state that we will continue to be. What do you tell somebody who says, no, I don't believe it. I don't want to do it. It's not going to be my thing. What is, I know you everyone has met one person or someone all who says they won't do it. What message do you give to them and how do you tell them that it's worth taking a vaccination?
1: Those that are at most risk are those that uh, choose not to get the vaccination. I think that the data shows that our hospitals are filled Um, with some, some COVID patients that are all unvaccinated. The deaths that have taken place are by individuals who have not been vaccinated. So it's not only putting themselves at risk, but their loved ones if they're not vaccinated as well. So again, it's not a political issue, it's a health issue. And we've seen that it's safe and effective in making sure that we can attack this virus and to hopefully have a handle on it where we don't see other spreads
0: like we see with the Delta variant i tell you what, I know you are looking closely at education as being something very important. As a father yourself, you're, you might have one or two teenagers that have vaccinations and the little ones that are not. Uh, we're coming up to school starting within less than a month in some areas. In other areas, it's going to start a little bit later. But what is the work with the department? Department of education all the zoom meetings you have and what are the concerns still knowing that a lot of our youngsters under 12 are not vaccinated or we're still waiting to see what happens what are we hoping to see knowing that we want to have a good first day of school coming up soon in person
1: yeah we need to have make sure that our kids and back in, are back in school we need to make sure that all of our educators are vaccinated and that they're they're protected as well um, but you're right and this is something that's personal to me as i have a son who's nine years old he hasn't been able to get the vaccination. Um, he's at risk right now. And so it's important that we continue to recognize that there's young kids across the state that are very much at risk simply because the vaccination hasn't been available. On the positive side, it sounds like there's good movement that's taken place. Where well, we're gonna see hopefully soon that you're gonna have younger Um, uh, uh, people of our population get vaccinated. Uh, Whether that comes before school starts or not, I'm not sure. But then it goes again is just making sure that we're doing all the common sense things that got us to this point and where we're at. The last thing we want is to have a spread within our schools and having to shut those down again. I don't anticipate that happening, but we want to make sure to protect against that.
0: With the start of an early school year, it should give an advantage to teachers to try to play a little bit of a catch-up, knowing that a lot of these students probably did not go well. You were still looking for some students in the Las Cruces area to know that Dr. Ramos was trying to make sure you got every student back in school. What are some of the tools that the state's gonna have? Have you been in talks with the governor or the secretary of education as to what some of the resources a lot of these schools needs to try to catch up students, especially mental health being an issue that needs to be discussed as well?
1: Yeah, you hit it right in the head as far as um, how we need to address it. I think that there's a real rush that we've lost so much and our students have lost so much instruction that we have to catch up. We have to remember that our students are coming off of a pandemic that hasn't impacted our our population in 100 years. So to go in and to expect that immediately we need to jump into the textbooks, the reading, the writing, the math, without taking into account the human elements, uh, the nurturing, the care, the discussions going through, um, what the emotions these students are feeling, we have to make sure and we're taking care of the human relations aspect of it. The learning will come and it'll follow. But if we ignore the human element, We're going to find ourselves even further behind because we are not
0: going to focus in on the academic piece unless we take care of the human elements. Do you feel you and the governor have a good relationship with the unions to help get them the support they need as well, knowing to give more money to school districts if federal money is available to give? Yeah, we we have a good relationship with the unions,
1: but also with those who are not necessarily represented. Um, by by labor because it's important that we recognize that everyone in our school system is is important and we have to make sure and do that. Fortunately, we do have a lot of money that's coming in from the federal side. We've done a wonderful job on the state side to try to provide as much support. And I just want to just point out that during this time uh, with all the challenges when you hear that the economy is really struggling we're going to continue to build on that but we've also been there to help small businesses we've been there to provide assistance to people who have been on unemployment who need rental assistance and we still sit at a 25 percent reserves in the state of new mexico so we are in good shape financially and this is on top of already providing so much services to people who desperately
0: needed it as we look ahead you were at the eastern part of the state for one reason but you also get to see the in- economic impact of oil rigs right now that may not be running. Do you feel that you and the uh, governor will have a chance to talk with the federal government to see about looking at some of the reserves to open up that might help in the business area in that next section?
1: Yeah, we have, we've had some discussion on that. And, and I know personally, I've been on the Lieutenant Governor's call uh, with national lieutenant governors and with the vice president's staff as well talking about the importance of ensuring that we approach this in a common sense way mountain region states are a little bit different than states on the eastern side uh, we do depend on the oil and gas revenue so we have to approach it in a way that's going to be um, done in a, in a in a positive way that's not going to have a tremendous impact on our budget while we still find ways to diversify our economy. And that is a fortunate thing. With as much infrastructure dollars that we have within the state, we're able to do our best to uh, ensure that we have a diversified economy in
0: case the ups and downs of oil and gas take place. Monsoon season, is needed in a way but it's also very scary. You've been to two areas that have been struck in really hard in the southeastern part of the state and also in the central part of the state around the Berlin area and the Carlsbad Roswell area. Your thoughts on what you've seen happening and what are your concerns and this could be, you know, some damaging things that hopefully we're insured for and can get through, but obviously you also need the water as well. So it's kind of a mismatch your thoughts of the monsoonal seasons and what we're seeing. And of course, some of the flooding that has been going on.
1: The the flooding that I experienced in Belan and in Carlsbad, as you mentioned, they've been extensive, a lot of damage. I, I saw family members, business owners trying to um, sweep the mud and the water out of their areas. And so that does impact you. Um, but I also know that this just further is important that we discuss the need for infrastructure. Um, we need to put huge investments into infrastructure. Fortunately, President Biden and his cabinet has been have been talking about that, uh, making sure that there's trillions of dollars coming in. Not only does it help our infrastructure, our roads, our bridges, uh, broadband, um, our canals to make sure that we don't have the overflow of what's taking place, we're also creating jobs. Because that gets the commerce moving, that gets buying of goods and services, having construction, that gets good for our economy. At the same time, it's making sure that we're not falling behind the rest of the world when it comes to
0: infrastructure. Speaking with Lieutenant Governor Jaime Morales, I want to focus now on Virgin Galactic's recent flight. Were you out at the event as well? I
1: actually wasn't. It was nice to see all three screens. I was watching CNN, ABC News, and then local
0: news stations. had more national reporters here in New Mexico than we had in Washington, uh, I believe that is yeah, what they said. Yeah, and
1: it looked like it was a wonderful event that's been years in the making. And I want to just say thank you to the people of Ana County. That wouldn't have happened. Had the people of Donovan County not supported that years ago, as well as in Sierra County, to take on an additional increase in taxes, um, I think that they are owed a tremendous amount of gratitude and should be uh, commended for that uh,
0: spaceship launch because it did take a collaborative effort. Have you spoken with the governor about plans around the area with Virgin Galactic to try to increase more jobs or try to be more competitive, maybe looking at another Intel or Dell procedure to come to southern New Mexico in any of these two areas? That's the significance of what took place. It was a huge step. Uh, uh, My
1: my employee that works with me, Jim Farrell, put it's a giant step uh, forward for New Mexico, and it really is. And you see the potential that you have. How we can continue to advance technology, advance uh, STEM careers, ties into our education, our higher ed, and our K-12 systems of doing that. It's one huge leap for New Mexico,
0: and I see that it's just going to get better from here. A lot of New Mexicans might say they're anxious to see a return on investment because of how long the project has gone through. A lot might also question about $1.5 million being spent to put a logo in there. Your thoughts to say to them to try to let them know what the plans are and what's going to be expected?
1: Yeah, again, is it's going to be an investment that we're going to build upon, we're going to use as a economic driver. Um, there has been great investments that have been done over the years. There was a lot of frustration because it took so long to get this first launch. The reality of it, we came into office uh, two years ago, and we're proud before our first term has ended that we've seen this take place under our administration. That just shows that we have team players
0: who are out there willing to communicate what's best for the state in New Mexico. While the first launch might have seemed like a private party, VIP parts, and we're glad our governor had a chance to attend. Are you expecting or are or, or you and the governor expecting that Spaceport America with more launches coming will start opening this up for public people in Doniana County and Sierra County to make it out there to be a part of?
1: You know, I, I, I want to see that. And I mentioned that uh, especially when you have many of our essential workers who were out there during the pandemic, I think that'd be a, a good incentive to reward them to share, you know, that this spaceport also belongs to them. So I'll always encourage that we can have more participation for people to take advantage of our own building, our infrastructure here in the state of New Mexico.
0: Knowing that this is going to be a competitive war now and a space battle, what does New Mexico got to do to stay ahead of, let's say, a place like Van Horn, Texas, where Jeff Bezos is going to go up, and Elon Musk, who's probably going to go up in Florida or Colorado, one of those areas, what is New Mexico going to do to stay ahead to be on top of the space race?
1: Well, it's important that we recognize the significance of that. We were the first. We are the first. And I think that goes a long way. But also making sure um, building off of that, and there's not only the spaceport and Virgin Galactic that's out there right now, we have a lot of other technology companies that are looking that are already there and others that are looking to come in, continue to build off of the success we saw this week. Do you feel
0: a bipartisan uh Agenda can be set up for redistricting as lines are being set up for redistricting part. I know this eventually will be something that's discussed in the state legislature. Your thoughts on where this is going? At first, it seemed like everyone's working together. Do you still feel like everyone's working together on this? You know, it brings back uh, memories of being in the state Senate and doing redistricting 10 years ago.
1: I remember saying at that point is I don't think I want to be in the legislature when redistricting comes up again. I didn't think I'd be in the lieutenant governor's role, but that really is a grueling process. Um, I'm glad that there's an independent redistricting commission that's out there. I know that there was some question as far as some of the appointees and the diversity and the makeup of around the state. Um, I hope that that can be considered again, reconsidered to have uh, true representation. Um, I, again, I think that when you have the rules that are in place to make sure that it's a fair process, the courts are also involved if need be, so I'm confident that we'll have a redistricting commission and redistricting um, legislation that's going to show that it does represent communities of interest
0: in our state. With back-to-school coming, the NMAA plans to have uh, in-person uh, attendance, so this is New Mexico State at 100%. How many of these events are you going to show up on a Friday night for, and will we see you at the first Aggie UTEP minor game here as well when it comes up?
1: You know, I look forward to that. It's uh, not only is it a time that I get to go enjoy what I love. I love being in the athletic areas. As a matter of fact, with the New Mexico Activities Association, I attended almost every single state championship event regardless of what the what the sport or what the event was or the activity was and I look forward to that because I can also have my children there. Um, hopefully
0: that the dates work out that I can be there with the Aggies uh, versus the Miners. Go Aggies. Alright. I know you want to go see those. I'll leave you with one last one here. How great was it to see the 4th of July fireworks and to see people just being people again and being able to see other people well, it was great to
1: see you ernesto it's been a long time many zoom zoom interviews zoom interviews done. Since,
0: yeah. um, but
1: it was just good to see that people were out people were safe and people were grateful um, when the national anthem was sung by our student from centennial high school deja, a yeah. freshman deja just really just um brought in those chills for each one of us who had had a deeper ring because of all that we've been through. And to recognize that we don't take things for granted, seeing the, the fireworks and the music and the concert, it's just something that just shows we're all in this together. We've been through a lot together, and we have a long way to go, but we're going to do it together. People want to reach you, get a hold of you, have questions. How can they get a hold of you? Yeah, uh, can reach me. Uh, emails the best way. It's howie.morales at state.nm.us.
0: All right. Well, thank you for joining us. This is Massive Valley News. Let's Talk Las Cruces. And this is a podcast that you can download as well. And we'll be talking with you through Zooms and more stuff. And we'll have the cameras and everything out here for you next time. All right.
1: I look forward to it. I'm here all the time. So I look forward. We'll set that up. We'll set it up.